0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. We've been working through uh, the five solas of... The Reformation, because it is uh, Reformation Month. Uh, October thirty first coming up uh, is this coming Sunday. Actually, what are you guys going to preach this Sunday? I'm in uh, Judges. I'm actually going
1: through the the book of Judges, the book of delivers, and we just finished up uh, the second prologue that's found there. So we'll be we'll be hitting this pattern of God's deliverance when people cry out nice. for mercy.
0: Nice.
2: I, I w- didn't necessarily plan on a Reformation sermon, but I am at going through the Heidelberg Catechism, and we're on Lord's Day three, um, which is is wrestling with the whole idea of did God make us so wicked and perverse, mm. and and the answer is no. Um, and then so I'm actually preaching out of Romans five and, and eight, and so it actually is going to have a very Reformation feel to it with regard to our total inability that it. it Depends on the work of the second Adam Jesus Christ in order for us to to have salvation, so not me planned for to have See, it match reformation, but it will match on reformation what, what, theme. This,
1: uh, what this also demonstrates is the is the idea of scripture alone you know yeah. because some of us won't break our series <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. for a for a calendar date yeah. we'll, we we will maybe make reference to it yeah. uh, through announcement and song yeah. and, and yeah. but in terms of of going through Scripture um, line upon line, uh, precept upon mm-hmm. precept. That's the you know that's where we're often kind yeah. s- captured at.
0: Pastor Allen uh, in the studio today, Phil in for Phil. What are you going to preach on this coming Sunday?
3: Well, we're in Genesis, um, but it dovetails very well uh, with the Reformation message of solely. Uh, salvation in Christ by grace alone through faith alone because we're in uh, Genesis 9 where God makes the covenant with Mm. Noah and all creation and all living things and you certainly see his grace there and it's all building to the till the coming of the promised one Jesus Christ yeah
0: so, we are doing this series um, on the Reformation. And if you wanted to, to know what the Reformation was about, it's essentially these five solas. So, we've hit sola scriptura so far. We've hit sola gratia so far. So, now we are on sola fide. These are Latin terms. Yeah. Uh, Which, you yeah, know, scripture, alone, scripture grace alone. Alone, alone, grace alone, faith alone. Grace alone, faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory, glory of, God, of God, alone. God alone. So, today we're on sola fide. Um, so, let's just give a little historical context. At the time of Martin Luther and the other Reformers, um, what did Rome teach regarding how one was justified? Well, the Protestants dilif- differed from Roman
1: Catholic, the Roman Catholic on justification in several important ways. Uh, first, they believed that justification was a declaration of the righteousness made by God regarding human beings. They countered the Catholic notion that justification was God's action of making someone righteous by infusing grace into them. Instead, justification was being declared righteous, not being made righteous. Uh, the, the Protestants believe that righteousness was not infused into a believer, but imputed to the believer. In other words, God justifies sinners by seeing them as righteous on account of Christ's righteousness that has been reckoned or imputed or accounted for them. So it comes back to the question of how does God justify the ungodly? He he does by declaring an ungodly person as righteous based on the righteousness of someone else.
2: I I like to just teach it as that um, the Church of Rome really had a mechanical view of of salvation. If you do (coughs) this and this and this, then you'll be saved. Um, And faith was part of that list, but so was penance. So was, you know, revering and and um, being involved with relics and pilgrimages and um, indulgences and, and purgatory. purgatory and um, praying to the saints and going to confession and and partaking of the sacraments. And so what happens is you you do all of these things, and that creates. Um, some merit and then you combine that with faith and then you have salvation mm-hmm. and so it's it's a very mechanical view of how one is saved and this isn't just a roman catholic belief this is i mean this is jesus interacting with all the religious leaders of his day yeah. Yeah. they had made um, christianity religion um, a, a matter of of do's and don'ts that you qualify yourself by the things that you do for for salvation. It comes
1: and, on, yeah, it comes right down to how does God justify uh, mm-hmm. the ungodly, and uh, you know, for Luther, he he came down to this very you know he he called it the great exchange. This is how he does it: Christ takes our sin, and we take His righteousness. God declares us righteous on the basis of. Christ's work alone. So these these solas actually all go together. It's by grace that this happens. It's a, you know we're justified by faith alone on account of Christ alone.
0: Yeah. yeah so think- we always
2: talk about justification can be defined different ways. One of them is by using the solas that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. That's a way to define justification. Um, the other way to define justification is to to deal with the double imputation that that is taking place that our sins are imputed, credited to the account of Jesus Christ, he pays for them um, on our behalf, and the righteousness of Jesus Christ is imputed or credited to us. Um, Luther would talk about this as an alien righteousness, that we don't have it, we don't possess it in ourselves, um, that it, it is something that is given, is imputed to us credited to us is probably the better way of saying it um, other than given it's it's credited to us as if we did it mm-hmm. um, when we didn't yeah
3: so it's as Jonathan pointed out justification in the Bible is very much a judicial term and that's helpful to remember if you look in the Old Testament Deuteronomy 25 1 when God is in- instructing the judges of the nation of Israel and uh, through Moses, he says that the judges are to justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. So, justification is a court; it's a verdict; it's an adjudication from a courtroom that is the opposite of condemnation. Mm-hmm. It's the declaration that somebody is not guilty, innocent, and righteous. And the thing is, um, we can see in the in the New Testament, First Timothy. 316, where it says that Jesus was justified in the Spirit, referring to his resurrection. The resurrection was God the Father's adjudication, his public verdict, that Jesus was perfectly righteous. He was who he claimed to be, the Son of Man and the Son of God. He had done the work that he came to do. He had been declared righteous. He was raised from the dead. But the Bible makes it clear Jesus was the only one who's ever been justified, righteous, adjudicated in his own right. Mm-hmm. The rest of us, it's only by being united to Christ, which yeah. is through faith. Mm-hmm. So in Romans 3, uh, Paul says that we're justified freely because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We're justified freely by his grace, his unmerited favor, through the redemption that is in Christ's blood, and then it goes on to say that God sent Christ and provided salvation through him so that God could be just, a just judge, and the justifier of the one who has faith
0: in Jesus. Yeah. So there's a verse in Ephesians um, that shows the relationship very clearly between grace and Faith. So we're talking about justification, sola fide, mm-hmm. being justified through faith alone. It says, "For by grace you have been saved through faith." And those two words, "by" and "through," are incredibly important in this verse because one deals with the uh, um, efficient cause of our salvation. And one deals with the instrumental cause of our salvation. And those might be, you know, philosophical terms, but we know these things. We use these, la- this language all the time. If someone says, man, I just got to talk to my neighbor and I shared the gospel with them and the Lord really used me in that conversation. Well, you're saying you've been an instrument of, of God. God is the, the main actor. The Holy Spirit's the main actor. And that's the relationship between grace and faith. So what the reformers were saying is that in terms of our justification, God's grace is the efficient cause that causes every other cause, including our faith. We are saved. We're not saved, t- we're not saved properly. By faith we're saved properly through faith. We're saved right. properly by grace through faith
1: and, and it's a reminder that the reformers saw faith just as much as a gift of God as the grace was it, it was given to us uh, by, mm-hmm. as the instrument by which we're going to appropriate Christ's righteousness right. um, and be declared righteous before God. that's right
2: And this is the heart of the of the Reformation. So we've talked about other solos. Um, but justification is the core, is the main debating um, hinge or or point. I mean, Calvin. This is where m- maybe one of the, the the great moments of the Reformation is is Calvin um, being called back to Geneva to handle a dispute with Cardinal Cardinal uh, Saletto, and and he writes this this incredible response about justification. Mm-hmm. And and arguing, no, this is it. This is the key. This is the point of of desertion from the Church of Rome. That they got the gospel wrong, and they got it wrong specifically on how is a person right with God. Yeah. And Calvin takes Cardinal Saletto to task on, "You've deserted the gospel. Yeah. You've deserted the the that it's a one sided work of God, and and it, and we do not cooperate in salvation. Yeah. That this has to be." by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, period.
3: Yeah, and, Jonathan used the analogy, I think it may have been last time, but he was talking about our birth, how we mm-hmm. didn't contribute to our first birth, we don't contribute to our spiritual birth. And it's important to to recognize that we're not saying that the baby is uninvolved. The baby is very much involved in the birth process in the sense that it's the baby that's concerned the key, though, is that the baby had absolutely nothing to do with its own conception, and that's regeneration. Mm-hmm. And so when, when God works to bring us to Christ, so we're involved. Sometimes it's fairly uneventful. Sometimes it's very dramatic, just like you can have a birth birth. That uh, you have a breach birth or something like that. You have conversions that can be very dramatic, but the thing is, we none of us contributes to our own conception, mm-hmm. whether physically or spiritually, um, and I think that's that drives
0: gratitude, as you pointed out yep. last time, Josh. One of the main um, so when when Luther was a monk, so the, the 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 view of justification at that point was, as as Jonathan said. Um, uh, righteousness or grace is infused into the believer they are made righteous in their virtues in their state or whatever well luther was like i'm i'm going crazy because i see how unrighteous i am in my heart he was a wreck mm-hmm. he was a wreck and that 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 caused so much unrest in yeah. his life it drove him to see that no righteousness must be something alien must be something outside of me it must be something that's imputed to me because i I am not righteous enough to stand before a holy God. Instead of
1: sola fide, faith alone, uh, Rome believed in faith formata, faith formed in somebody in a way that uh, you know salvation rests on the love we exercise toward God. Mm-hmm. So I have to form that in myself in order to be saved. And
3: that's what drives the whole doctrine of purgatory, that you have to go and have more and more righteousness formed in you until you're ready for heaven, whereas Jesus says to the thief on the cross who says, remember me, he says, today you will be with me in paradise. I mean, how much penitence and and good works and infusion of righteousness could that thief have in a matter of the few hours that he had left to live? That's right.
0: That's right. Well, you've been listening to the gospel for life. We will see you next time.